CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now on OA, counting down to the biggest week of earnings season, tech titans, fast food giants, and the dominators of Detroit. We'll check out the action ahead of the results. Plus, industrial surge that traders lay a game plan for how to handle the big move we've seen in that sector. And later, a look back and ahead at the China challenge. Is now the time to bet on Beijing or bail? Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Tana Matheson in for Melissa Lee. This is Options Action live from the NASDAQ market site and on the desk tonight. Mike Coe, Carter Worth, Brian Stutland, and me. I'm the only one on the desk. Yeah, you guys get to work uh, remotely tonight. Let's get to it. As we mentioned, uh, tech, a big focus of next week's earnings, the XLK up about 40% year to date. But Carter, after a run like that, could the market leadership of technology be fading? Well, what do we know? Of course, it's the dominant in terms of weight as a sector and the big names, the concentration we've had uh, with us. And it's always with us. Let's make this point. It's important. When people say the top names are too concentrated, if you look back over the last 45 years, the top 10 names average about 20 percent concentration. But we're at 30 percent now. And we know that Apple and Microsoft have gone on and made new highs. So the sector itself, XLK, one way to measure it, is now just back to and slightly above its highs before the bear market began, January 4, 2022. Um, you can uh, look at this and then consider, are there laggards, right, to play? So is it a double top? Um, at a minimum, before you typically can exceed a high, you back and fill at the high or back away. I'm, I'm thinking the opportunity is to find something like a Google. And so look at this relative um, two lines. We're looking at one thing compared to another. With the sector <clears throat> back to its high, Google is still 20% below its high. Now, of course, one could say Google's not in the tech sector. It's in the telecommunications, communication services. That's not the point. It's a big tech name. And finally, here's the Google chart itself. It has all the elements of an important reversal with, again, trading some 20% below its former highs. You like Google on the long side. So uh, Say that again. You like Google? On the long side. On the long side. Okay. Mike, what is your thought here? Yeah, I am inclined to agree with that. I mean, it's difficult having seen how far technology has come this year to be thinking about buying uh, anything in the space. I can I can admit to that. But the thing is, uh, Alphabet is still very reasonably priced. I mean, if we actually take a look at it, uh, you know, relative to free cash flow, relative to earnings, it's actually about the same price as the market probably. Uh, in the case of its free cash flow yield, it's significantly cheaper, and yet it's growing EPS and it's growing free cash flow at a much faster rate. And actually, if you just sort of compare it to, let's just take Microsoft and Meta, I would argue, two, two other companies that have done better this year. Uh, you know, since 2018, these are companies that have probably grown the top line at comparable amounts. Um, I would say Alphabet has actually been growing their free cash flow and EPS a little bit better of late and trades cheaper. 
So uh, I rather like it going into earnings. I think if you are looking for something that's arguably more of a value play in the space, this is it. Yeah, and there are not many value plays in the space, as we as we all know. Brian, it's good to see you. What do you think of uh, what we've just been talking about? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. When you when I look to sort of replicate the S&P 500, there's really two sectors I like being overweight. One is XLK and technology. The other is XLP and consumer staples, sort of a barbell approach there. But Carter's right. The XLK has run tremendously to the upside. And Google's a stock that we're, you know, frankly, a little bit overweight in our portfolio for clients because I think it's got some valuation that is compelling. I think if it stays above sort of this 119 level, maybe I expect it to make some consolidation here of higher lows, but maybe lower highs. But I expect them the stock to break out to the upside and continue it in the back half of the year. So this is a stock I, I really love. All right, let's uh, turn to another group now with a bunch of names that report next week. Consumer discretionary, you've got Coke, Chipotle, the Golden Arches themselves, and McDonald's, uh, which has climbed more than 12% this year. That's nothing compared with some of the stocks uh, in the tech area, but but 12%, half a year is pretty good. And, and Mike is laying out a trade uh, that you think these gains could double, Mike? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they're going to double. I'll make the following observation, which is that you know, when you take a look at uh, any area of consumer discretionary spending, restaurants, uh, obviously it seems like we are seeing uh, services hold up a little bit. It has had a good run. My only anxiety, I would say, going into earnings when I look at the name is the fact that it is trading at a, at a relatively high multiple. We were just talking about Alphabet, and that's trading around 21 times. This one's closer to probably 27. What is interesting is that while the stock might be relatively expensive relative to its own history, the options on this one are not. And so if one is inclined to make a bullish bet, I think that actually sets our opportunity up. I was actually taking a look and, you know, options traders have uh, options prices have rarely been cheaper. We're pretty much right around uh, you know the bottom of the barrel in terms of options premiums going back about seven years. I was looking at the September 300 calls. You could buy those for a little over five bucks. So you're risking a relatively small percentage of the stock price, getting yourself nearly two months uh, until expiration. And you get some near upside participation if it does continue higher through earnings. And uh, if you don't get that or if we see the market roll over and this gets carried with it, you really aren't taking a great deal of risk. Brian, what do you think of Mike's trade there? Yeah, I think he makes a great point. Option premiums are just, you know, at astronomically low levels here relative to the last few years. And so buying a call to play to the upside seems like a very cheap play. And, you know, we talked about consumer discretionary, sort of this shift. If the automobile industry is sort of shifting on the upward trajectory here, that tends to bleed into other areas of consumer discretionary. McDonald's might be one of them. And although I like the barbell of tech and consumer staples, here's a stock where in the discretionary space that I do like and I like owning a call. Carter, you have a chart on this one. Yeah, I mean, what we know is it's a, a very defensive, if you will, sort of restaurant. Their restaurants are much more cyclical. McDonald's operates a business that's almost in perpetuity, uh, if you will. But the chart, it reached these highs, all-time highs, in the first days of May. And here we are almost three months later at the exact same level. That is a good setup in principle for a breakout. Uh, does it have to break out? No, but that's my judgment. That it, that it will. Wow, that's an interesting call there. Uh, thank you, folks. Let's switch gears now to autos. There's been a lot of talk about Tesla and Rivian electrifying the EV space, but let's not forget about those legacy auto names. Brian, you're taking a close look at one of those. Which is it? Yeah, well, GM was in the news. We heard Kathy Woods and ARK Innovation actually sell a whole bunch of shares 
of GM in order to buy Taiwan Semiconductor. And the stock kind of, you know, sold off a little bit. But the whole automobile industry, I'm kind of bullish on. We've talked about in the past the last few weeks of owning a call spread in Tesla or, or doing some sort of call spread risk reversal in Rivian. But I'm not going to go overboard here and just get long all autos. I think there is something towards Kathy Woods, although I like to take the opposite side of a lot of her trades because I think <laughs> she's wrong more than right. But that's another story. But if I'm going to sort of like limit my risk in the automobile industry, I think GM is presenting itself the options, at least in terms of selling some option premium. I'm looking at selling a call spread in there out to August. This plays sort of their earnings picture, which is going to be coming up in the next few days here. When earnings come out, the stock tends to not move a ton after earnings, only like over 6%, only a couple times in the last five years. So I'm going to sell a call spread here, looking at the 39.43 call. I sell the 39 call. I, I buy the 43 call sort of to stop myself out. I can collect a little over a buck. I think that's a decent amount of premium. If I'm wrong on this, our trades on Rivian and Tesla, especially Rivian that I like, I think those stocks go a lot higher. So this is sort of like a long, short trade against some of those big names that have been sort of the high flyer, sort of take some option premium in, in here, which is sort of elevated into the earnings that's coming up. Carter, how would you look at General Motors, the options trade that, uh, that he just laid out, or more broadly, uh, the autos? Sure. I mean, obviously, the options trade is the way to do this because as an equity goes, well, first of all, we know what happened uh, to General Motors the first time around or many times around. It, it, went, it went under. Uh, this is the new General Motors, right, um, IPO'd in 2010. And what I'm hoping to annotate here on this chart is that you have that plunge COVID and then you have the surge mm. post-COVID. Mm -hmm. But really, what is it? It's just back to where it was. In fact, the stock right now is trading the exact same price of its IPO back in 2010. Again, that IPO being new shares from a bankrupt company originally. I just don't see the way forward like as an interesting investment. Mike, what do you think? Uh, well, the first thing I would like to say is that, is that I like this as a trade structure generally. You know, Implied volatility, the price of options has been quite low in a lot of names. And so a lot of the trades that we have talked about uh, today and actually over the preceding couple of weeks have been long premium trades. But the nice thing about a trade like this is that three things can happen. The stock can go higher, it can go sideways, or it can go lower. And in two of those instances, this is going to be a profitable trade. And this is not a stock that moves a whole lot on earnings. And so this is one that has a higher probability of success, if not a huge payout if it wins. And so I, I think it's an important reminder for all investors that in general, we do like to sell premium when we get the opportunity. And in General Motors right now, the implied volatility is higher than what it's been realizing. And it hasn't historically moved a whole lot on earnings. So this trade structure is one I like. Brian, we've gone around the horn. It comes back to you for a final thought. What do you think of what your colleague said? Well, yeah, I mean, the reason I picked those strikes to sell, as you saw Carter's chart, right, basically the $40 level on the upside sort of been the upside uh, cap on the stock. That's sort of the break-even point on selling this call spread. I specifically picked that for that reason, because the technicals sort of line up. When I sell call spreads, I want to look at some of the technical levels and then pick my strikes accordingly, and that's what I've done here. All right, gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And for everything Options Action, check out our website and newsletter. There is more Options Action right after this. Still to come, industrials are on the rise, but not all are built equally. Find out how we're setting up to swap power management for Post-its. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns.
Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategy. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action, everybody. Brace yourselves because we are inching closer and closer to the busiest week of earnings season. And now we're going to hone in on a group that has been a heavy lifter of late. Industrials, up nearly 5% over the past month, outperforming the broader market. And we're going to dig into two names now ahead of key results coming up. And the Chartmaster is here to help us set the table ahead of a huge week. Take it away, Carter. Sure. So obviously uh, an important uh, economically sensitive area of the market. And what we have, of course, is industrials as constructed by Standard & Poor's. The sector is making new all-time highs now. But it's not all areas of the sector. So let's look at a couple of charts. This is uh, the ETF XLI. And again, we've just now moved to new highs. Compare this, though, to the next chart. This is a sub-industry group, and it is also making um, new highs. And what's interesting about this circumstance is the third. This is road and rail. The first one was machinery. So things like Caterpillar, Poison Bear, road and rail are lagging. I think the opportunity is to play this for a catch-up. But two names in particular, one is so good it's bad, and one is so bad it's good. 3M, uh, everyone hates it. Not a single buy rating on the street, has all sorts of problems in the fundamentals, which are real and true. And yet, how much of that is priced in? It's trading at its 2007 peak before the financial crisis crash. I think you play for a bounce. On the yeah. other hand, Eaton. Okay. Go ahead. Too much. Too expensive. Um, full. Uh, sell. All right. Mike, you are trading 3M ahead of next week's report. I think that's in the category of so bad it's good, according to Carter. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I think that earnings obviously are, you know, generally speaking, this is when stocks move is is when you get earnings. But in the case of 3M, I think the real news really is the the liability. You know, we, we did get some recent bumps uh, when it, you know, we started to hear conversations about a potential settlement with respect to these PFAS chemicals. Those are the forever chemicals. And the liability for those for the companies that are playing in that space, uh, which includes 3M and includes names like DuPont, uh, is is really quite tremendous. Now, I don't know that that $10 billion number that was floated is really where their liability is going to end. If it did, uh, that would be remarkable for the company when you consider that it's trading at a huge discount to its prior valuations. And of course, catching a falling knife is always a very difficult thing to do. But we did see that any positive news on the liability front could create a real pop. And then, of course, we might get some transparency coming out of earnings. So I think the way to play this one in a sort of risk mitigated way would be to use a call spread. I was looking out to September, the 105, 115 call spread was the one that I was looking at. That would cost uh, about $2.75-ish when I was looking at it earlier today. Uh, those who follow the show will know that you know when I'm looking at these debit call spreads, I'm usually looking to spend about a quarter of the distance between the strikes or less. Uh, a slightly higher premium in this case is probably justified, given not only the fact that we have this catalyst coming up in earnings, but the fact that we have all of that liability. And I think that justifies the somewhat higher options premiums here. Brian, your reaction to that trade? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's right. Like 3M, it's so bad, it's good. Using a call spread sort of limit the risk, continue to play to the upside. The chemical area of the industrials has sort of been beaten down. And so I think this is a sector and an area in 3M that can continue to, to push to the upside. So I think it's an interesting play ahead of earnings. All right, let's move on to the other uh, industrial name that we're going to look at in this uh, segment. That will be Eaton Corp. That stock up more than 30% this year. But like Carter, Brian is not so sure this one can keep grinding higher. Brian? Well, yeah, as a, a major that I have in chemical engineering, this is sort of getting out of chemicals and 3M and more into heat and mass transfer. Eaton, manufacturing here in the U.S., they've had a lot of big play on that, not just from the U.S. trying to manufacture more here in the United States, but also other countries coming into the U.S. to look for manufacturing. Couple that with their cooling system, which is a big play on data centers, the AI play and whatnot. We see why the stock has done so well. But this just seems well overdone to the upside. And it's about time for a little bit of pullback. Maybe that earnings, you know, sort of sell the news once it comes out and look for the downside. So I'm looking at a put spread, sort of limit my exposure here, but play to the short side. Buying the 200 put, at the same time selling the 190 put. I'd pay a little over $2, and guess what? This payout is almost $8. So you're looking at almost a four-to-one payout. I think the risk-reward is there to sort of take a shot. I'm not risking a lot of capital. $2 is basically 1% of the value of the stock. And, you know, if earnings comes out, it's, like I said, sell the news, moves to the downside, profit-taking happens, whatnot. I think there's a high probability of success here. I'm going out to September to give myself some time to play on this trade. Mike, what do you think? You know, I think if you happen to own the stock, this is also a way you consider potentially hedging your exposure going into earnings. I mean, this is not a name that has moved uh, materially to the downside following earnings really over the past several years. You're probably looking at pullbacks, you know, somewhere in the three to five percent ish, probably is sort of the max. And that's what this put spread that Brian has outlined is basically trying to cover. Uh, you know, this is not a crash protection. This is, you know, a good company that's had a big run. Maybe it could take a step back or, or pause a little bit. And this is a way that you can uh, protect yourself if you happen to own the stock. Carter, I think we put up your Eaton chart a minute ago. What do you think on this? Yeah, so again, uh, sometimes if you just subscribe to the concept of sequencing, a thing gets so overdone to the downside, you get a counter trend move. Uh, that's the 3M premise. Well, Eaton is the reciprocal. It's a bit overdone to the upside. And uh, all great uh, uptrends, are punctuated by counter-trend moves, dips, corrections, sell-offs, declines, drawdowns, whatever word one chooses. But it's due for one of those. All right, Carter, thank you very much. Succinctly put. Uh, up next, a China check-in. How Brian is managing his FXI trade from last month. Uh, don't go anywhere because we've got more options action coming your way in two minutes. Welcome back to Options Action, everybody. A month ago, Brian laid out a trade on the FXI China large cap ETF. The group is down 5% since then. So, Brian, a week now out from expiration. How are you managing the trade? Yeah, I think when we look at FXI, you know, we talked a lot about the weakening dollar the last couple of weeks. And when I look at that, I look at sort of the IBCs, India, Brazil, China, see how they've responded to a weakening dollar. And those should go up. China has not. It's kind of been stuck in the mud. It's an area where maybe it kind of sticks around here. So any sort of like bullish bet I'd put on sort of emerging market, I'd probably close this out. I don't think it's participated in the right way. I would use the same sort of call spread or call to the upside in something like an indie ETF, the Nifty 50 India ETF, INDY, 
to play the upside instead, sell out of this FXI and play sort of emerging markets in other areas. All right, close this one out. All right, Brian, thanks very much. We're going to take a quick break. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warn its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Options Action Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Options Action Disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.